Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match is my shirt. Is that sh my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. There's a Eddie countdown in your head. Eddie keeps me involved. <laughs> it's a silent countdown. <laughs> I can't see your fingers. I don't know it's silent. More like 45. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. It's live. It's Sunday night, 8.32-ish. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's C2C Radio Show Live, and tonight we're going retro. That's right. C2C is going to welcome the creators of Retromania Wrestling, the sequel to WWF WrestleFest. Um, outside of our good buddy Mike Kingston, this might be... My favorite interview, and you haven't even done it yet. We haven't even yeah. done it yet. Haven't even done it. Excited. Yeah. Damn right I'm excited. Exciting. So what's cool, though, is for some of us, right? Some of us grew up with WrestleFest. Yes. And now here we are many, many moons later, and the successor will be passed down to another generation of wrestling fans. To include, you know, daughters and sons and all this good gravy stuff. And I'm hoping they enjoy it just like we did. I can't tell you how many quarters, how many dollars I sank into the WrestleFest machine anytime I found yeah. it. Literally anytime yeah. I found it. Yeah, um, it, was, it was one of them games. You know, you, you did. It was, uh, there were a few games if you found them, you know, you'd ask your mom for quarters or a dollar or you know whatever and you go play it so 
you know, um, arcades were big back in the day, so it was very easy to find them. They had them in 7-Elevens. They had them in little mom-and-pop stores. They had them all over the place, um, video games. So it wasn't hard to find one. You know, I got to say that when it comes to wrestling video games, there's only a few that truly stand the test of time, right? There's, you know... um, Fire Pro Wrestling, which we've loved since it was on Super Nintendo back only in Japan. Yep. Gotta gotta love the emulators. There's Pro Wrestling for a Nintendo, which, mm. I mean, you can't Dang turn your back on that. You know, I, Starman. I've still never beaten Pro Wrestling. I've come so close, but only to go, but so far. Um, you know, WWF tried their best with WrestleMania. With um, WrestleMania Challenge, which was a decent attempt. Tecmo World Wrestling was great on Nintendo. Yeah, um, I like I like that because you you really got to develop characters. Yes, by that and pointed to them. And and WCW to this day still remains one of my favorite wrestling games from the old school era from eight bit. You know which one. The WCW game that had Michael Hayes, had Sting, had Eddie Gilbert, Ric Flair, um, and Ricky Steamboat, Rick Steiner. I mean, it was just some cool... Was that the one with the Road Warriors? Yeah, yeah, the Road Warriors. I think the Road Warriors were on the cover. How the hell did I forget the Road Warriors? That's just, that's blasphemy. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um... So, of course, you're listening to us. We're live right now on PW247Radio.com, live on C2CRadioShow.com. The chat room is open over at PW247. If you want to send us questions for Mr. Herman, Mike Herman from RetroSoft, please do. We'll be happy to read them on the air to you, uh, to him, rather. Um, It's a lot of stuff going on this week. We had some interesting things, some questionable things happen in the week that was, but Brian, myself, uh, Stan Grubb, we're two-thirds strong tonight, and the first thing we wanted to mention right out of the box is, hey, rest in peace to the Ugandan giant Kamala. Mm. 2020 can just officially take a hike. I'm done. See you later, 2020. Enough crap has happened. I mean, this is, he was six. Foot seven, three hundred eighty pounds. I mean, he had feuds with Hulk Hogan, with Andre the Giant, with the Undertaker. He was in the alliance to end Hulkamania, and and he had a Hasbro figure that still to this day, mint on card. If you find it with the moon on his belly, it's eight hundred dollars or better. The LJNs. The Hasbro. Hasbro. I mean, we've had a lot of a lot of things happen this year, but I'm getting tired of these people just, you know, this stuff just happening all in 2020, and damn it, it's, it's really old. Quit happening. Well, I don't think you're there yet. <laughs> Sorry. I know, we still got a few months <laughs> to go. Quite a ways. But, uh, um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's a shame. Um, they, um, have come in a little bit quicker time, the passings lately. Um, so thoughts and prayers go out to his friends and family, uh, to the uh, WWE family. 
and all the uh, others that have ever been in the ring with him or ever, you know, shared conversation with him. So he'll be missed. Yeah, um, there are there are so many awesome stories from about Kamala. I mean, his casket match with The Undertaker, his actually his feud with Hogan back in the 80s was actually pretty popular. Uh, his work in Mid-South and World Class. Um, and then, of course, as he would get to a point later in life where he would start doing interviews, his stories about some of the backstage stuff was hilarious. Um, some pretty crazy. And uh, just, it's, it's, it's a damn shame. I know that he suffered from uh, diabetes and had multiple complications surrounding that. My assumption, and uh, that's really all I can do, my assumption is that it was related to diabetes. So, you know what I think would have been even cooler? What's that? Is had back in the 80s, back when kayfabe was, you know, the thing to do. Fabe K. For, for for heels to go up there as a little kid and try and get a conversation out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Would he just slap his belly? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, if you caught him in like the grocery store. Oh, know, wow. With, without kimchi. You know, <laughs> would, would he... Would he give you the heel routine, or or how about you know? this? What about those that never knew that he was a pro wrestler that just knew him as Mister Harris, and then they just turned on the TV one night and they just happened to flip past wrestling. And they go, "Wait, wait a minute <laughs> that that guy looks like <laughs> Mister Harris, Mister Harris." <laughs> he just starts I mean, slapping his belly out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, again, again, for some of them, it's probably it was probably pretty easy. You know, the heels. Yeah, you know, because you could just talk, you could talk your way out of it. But he didn't talk, <laughs> so you know, if he's you know walking somewhere and he gets accosted by you know five or six little nine and ten year olds and they back him up in the corner, what are you gonna do? Oh, could you imagine how deeply just terrified those kids would have been <laughs> if he had like just threatened to like bite one of them or something? <laughs> We'd hear stories. It'd be amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, but I, you know, again, I, so I, I had an instance with the Koloffs, and mm-hmm. you know, I know how they treated me. But you know, here again, so uh, Nikita said he didn't speak English. You know, there were him and I said that they, <laughs> yeah. he didn't speak English, right? So we know, you know, now we know, right? But but Kamali doesn't speak at all. Who would speak for him? You know, if, if you caught him coming out of the the hotel uh, restaurant, you know, oh, hey, it's Kamala. And, you know, it's like, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, this is awkward. You know, again, does he slap his belly? Does he rip his shirt off? <laughs> What's he do? <laughs> you know, if kimchi's with him, does kimchi come running out from paying the bill? You know? I mean, he comes, you got to remember, he came from an era where Bill Watts would fine you. If you were yeah. caught fraternizing with uh, with the good guys, yeah. I, listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's how it worked for those of you that weren't alive back then. That's how it worked. I mean, I Nikita, I, you know, whatever he tried to say in Russian, that was one one or two words, and that was it. I stopped fooling with him, and you know, luckily Uncle Ivan, a good good soul he was, uh, yep, you know, treated a few kids to. Being thrown around the pool, but 
we wouldn't have gotten that off Nikita. I mean, he just laid there and sucked <laughs> and, you know, feigned not to speak English. And what did we know it, you know, seven, eight, nine years old? He's oh, like, he get away, you little brat. He's Russian. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Piss off, I'm getting a tan. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and again, you know, he, we may have known more Russian than him at this time, but he had the perfect out. You know, well, I, I'm a bad guy. I don't have to talk. I, I'm from Russia. I don't have to say nothing. I can sit here and do this. So, the joys of, of that era. That would have been funny, though. I'm telling you, that would have been funny. Have a bunch of kids roll up on Kamala. <laughs> try and get an autograph and see what he does. Oh, man. Who does – how do you do a eulogy for Kamala if it's a wrestling funeral? <clears throat> but only if it's a wrestling funeral because otherwise, you know, now you're making fun of the dead. I, 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 Tough question. I, I, I don't I – don't, I, 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 so if Rob was here, Rob would already hit you with this. The questions of Stan Grubb are Stan Grubb's and Stan Grubb's alone and do not reflect the rest of Corner to Corner. C2C Radio, PW247. There's a lot, uh, even the Dave and DeVore show. Um, <laughs> DeVore. <laughs> any other show on Pro Wrestling 24-7, he doesn't speak for none of them. I mean, that's true. I don't. I don't. I don't speak for any of you people. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Let's do this before somebody sentences us to uh, a night in the underground of Raw. Let's let's go ahead and bring them on. Let's let's bring in the mastermind. This guy is the mastermind, the creator of. Well, he is the creator of retro mania wrestling. We're talking about, his name is Mike Herman. He's going to be joining us here in just a moment. And he's the guy, the mastermind behind it, the successor to WWF WrestleFest. I mean, you get the approval from Technos. I don't even know if Technos is still an established company, quote-unquote. But uh, here he is. We are joined... Mr. Herman, it's Stan and Brian with Corner to Corner Wrestling Ready. How how are you, sir? Great. How are you guys doing? We are Not doing bad. amazing. So, welcome to C2C Radio Show. It's officially Retro Night. How's it going, man? Great, great. Love. I, I'm I'm I I got the right time then on Retro Night, huh? Well, you did. You did. It's <laughs> We we well we had to make sure. So I mean, I did have to say, um, hey, uh, you're going to be on Skype, right? <laughs> I, I, I do my best. Okay, I, I fail sometimes with the scheduling. I fail sometimes with you know those logistical things. But, no, I'm uh, with you. That was as much me. <laughs> so hey, I'm I'm glad, and I thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Of course, Brian, my co-host, he's here as well. Brian, Mr. Herman, Mr. Herman, Brian, how's it going? Good. Hey, Brian. So, hey, why don't we just dive right in, man? Let's just ask, like, and I'm sure you get asked these questions. By the way, we we love video games and we love pro wrestling, so it's a perfect marriage. What was it that drew you to WrestleFest itself? Was it just was it just because it was a quarter suck? You know, where you just threw your quarters in for you? What was it that made this such a huge inspiration? 
Well, I think, you know, at the time, you know, I was in early teenage years and I saw it in an arcade. Um, it was it was right when they started using those big showcase cabinets, those big like 32 or 32 inch uh, TVs with the pedestal uh, arcades. I remember at least this is when I remember playing it first. Uh, and it was just larger than life. It really captured the kind of pro wrestling uh at the time and it was you know a, a bunch of characters i liked and it was just a lot of fun i could just pick up play it and it was a lot of fun and then you know i obviously played it on the the normal sized arcade machines as well but i remember just that initial grab of my attention but then the game i just kept replaying regardless of the format or what size uh arcade machine i was playing it it just every time i played it it was just fun and you just the big sprites on screen and the way the matches progressed, I always had a lot of fun playing it. And it's really it just comes down to it was a fun factor. And I just wanted to recapture that at some point. Uh, and they never came out with a sequel. They never brought it to console. So that's what I decided to do 30 years later. Which console do you think would have been able to pull it off the best? Because I know Super Nintendo had graphic ability, but as far as playability, they always seem to struggle. Sega, on the other hand, their graphics were pretty good. But I don't know that the playability would have been translated well. Well, was it blast processing? Could that handle it? Or was it the uh, Mode 7, right? <laughs> that was the marketing term. I, I think, you know, they probably would have had to um, possibly change things up a little bit. Um, I don't know if they would have been able to handle the six characters on screen at once. But they had some pretty good arcade ports of games at the time, both Super Nintendo and Sega specifically. I was a Sega Genesis guy personally growing up. I it came out first, and I tended to get the whatever system came out in the generation first. That was the one I would get. But like uh, Golden Axe and um, Shinobi and other games had pretty good ports. So I, was, I, I would hope either of them could do it, but you know maybe neither of them would have done it well. Uh. But maybe possibly at the. And um, maybe when the PlayStation even came out, because that came out in 95, the PlayStation, uh, although not known for really a lot of 2D games, but who knows? I think PlayStation would have handled it really well, or maybe even Dreamcast. Dreamcast would have been known. Now, that was a little later, because that didn't come out until, I think, 99. Right. uh, But Dreamcast in 95, I mean, uh, PlayStation in 95, it had only been a couple years. It was still hot in the arcades, even at that point. Now, who was your go-to? Who was the guy? Was it Crush? Was it Mr. Perfect? Uh, I my team in Saturday Night's Main event. I was all in in Royal Rumble. I was Million Dollar Dream a lot, although or Million Dollar Man. Although he was at a disadvantage because he couldn't body slam people out of the ring. But the Million Dollar Dream was easy to get people out in uh, the Rumble match. And then in the tag team, I was Million Dollar Man and Jake the Snake were my two guys. I usually was. Wow, polar opposites teaming together. Yeah, yeah. But it was funny when I would go to the arcade a lot with one of my friends. He was always Mr. Perfect. So a lot of times we would have Perfect and Million Dollar Man uh, would be the team we would go with. Oh, that's a good team, actually. Yeah. See that on TV anytime. Hmm. What about uh, with, with with Crush and Demolition? You didn't think that they were a good team in that game? No, I did. I did. I just I was probably a bigger Road Warriors fan at the time, and and I kind of ah. liked. I also. I like the Axe and Smash uh, version of Demolition more than I like the Axe or uh, Smash and Crush. Mm. So I, you know, I still like because I think 
shortly after that game came out, Crush had turned uh, and gone to the the Hawaiian gimmick uh, as well. Uh, shortly after that, the game came out. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, he started squishing people's heads like grapes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. With the, right. The, they totally dropped the ball at Hasbro with that. By the way, they had the bear hug one. They could have just opened his hands up and it would have been perfect for Crush. Yeah. So you put together Retromania, and it's this has been a long journey for you. Tell our, tell our listeners, how long have you been putting this game together? Well, I would say if you really want to, the, the, full, the full story probably goes back to like 2011, 2012. Wow. Um, that is when I kind of started. And at that point, it was just a hobby uh, where I, was, I decided I wanted to, my background is software engineering. I'm not. I never did game development. I, you know, I did it in school a little bit, but I figured, you know, I was waiting and waiting for a good port of this, and I was like, oh, it's never going to happen at this point. I'll, I'm going to re- reverse engineer basically the original game and then add new characters that I want to it. Cool. So I started going up and, and down. I mean, as a hobby, though, you know, I would work on it for three weeks really hard, and then I'd put it down for three months, and then start up again, and that cycle kind of repeated itself. So then, uh, fast forward, around 2017, 2018, I was, like, revisiting this. Still had that itch to do it. And I decided, you know what, let me look into this a little closer and see if I could actually, you know, do this as a commercial project. How much was it going to cost me to do it right? Hire some programmers who do game development for a living. Hire artists to do the artwork. So, and then look at the market and see if it would sell. So, you know, all signs pointed to yes. And I would say at the end of 2018 is when we really started ramping up development. Yeah, I remember seeing little snippets, little uh, 20 second, 30 second snippets of the game while you were still putting things in place and while you guys were still kind of locking down a roster. And I remember just being so intrigued because all I could think was, dude, this is totally WrestleFest in in its purest form is really how I felt. Yeah, I mean, and we, you know, we made that early. I think we started posting stuff on on the social media probably around February of 19. February, March of 19 is when we started. That's when uh, Mike T, who helps me with all the social media, mm-hmm. does all the planning of the posts and things of that nature. So we, that's when we really started releasing stuff like that. And we took a unique approach where we wanted to be completely transparent with our development process. You know, we posted stuff that was not ready for prime time, and we still do. You know, we're showing people how the sausage is made. Um, and I think that's really helped us gain a pretty good following, where a lot of companies will already have a lot done before they really come in and start announcing stuff. But being as unknown as we were in, in the studio's first game, we really wanted to try to grow an audience before the game actually released. So how, how did you... Because if I remember right, when you first started putting stuff up, it was a game, but then it became like the official sequel to WrestleFest. Right. How did how did you secure that? Yeah, so initially we were calling ourselves the spiritual successor. Um, and then I was in the process of trying to get a hold of somebody at a company called Arc System Works. Now, they're known for Blaze Blue, um, Guilty Gear, and they also did Dragon Ball Z Fighters more recently. Uh, so, but they purchased the Technos of Japan IP uh, a couple of years ago. So that includes like Double Dragons, probably the biggest franchise in that in that uh, IP. 
but they also did a bunch of wrestling games, uh, the big pro wrestling, uh, Matt Mania, then WWF Superstars and WWF WrestleFest. And, I, you know, I always really wanted to carry on that lineage of arcade 2D wrestling games and really pay tribute to the great developers who created all those games originally. So we started talking to Arc System Works, and we managed to secure uh, the Matt Mania IP so that we're going to hopefully make an appearance in our game uh, later. But in addition to that, we, we put in a closet that we could call ourselves the official sequel to WrestleFest since they owned the IP uh, of WrestleFest. Now, unfortunately, they didn't get us any of the, the superstars from WrestleFest because they're still uh, either owned individually or owned by mostly owned by WWE. Uh, but we, we, we still are kind of carrying on that lineage. And you can see definitely... If you play them both, you'll see we're definitely heavily inspired by that original WrestleFest game. Yeah, yeah that... Oh, go ahead, Sam. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, a lot of what you've been doing has been paying homage to the NWA, paying homage to, you know, all of the the cool parts of WrestleFest, like the, the commentators' reactions, the audience, and how they move. Um you know, a lot of what you've been doing is it's it's damn near it's just like going down memory lane. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, it was important to keep the kind of the same presentation style because I think that's part of what added to it. You know, just the quick entrance walk. You know, one of the things you do in wrestling games, typically you'll watch the entrances a couple times and then you skip them. But WrestleFest, you, well, I don't even think in the arcade you could skip them and walk into the, the aisle. Uh, but, you know, they're short, so... You do them cool. They're, they're nice, cool, distinct. And there's no need to skip them because they don't play for that long, you know. Uh, but just the, the little things like the logos, the announcers, uh, the crowds, like you said. Um, and then we got some surprise. We also did change a bunch of stuff, too, because keep in mind that that was an arcade game and it was designed to take quarters from you. Mm-hmm. So since we are a console game, we had to make some changes, obviously, just because of that, because our game doesn't rely on you having to put quarters in. So, kind of staying with the same the same vein, you know, I mentioned NWA and some of the some of the scenes and the settings there. Did you find that it was easy to get people to just kind of jump in and say, "Yeah, let's let's get involved"? Like as far as your roster and and being affiliated with House of Hardcore and all of that. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, once we got. Um... The Road Warriors signed. I felt like, you know, that was the first guys I went after because I thought that would add validity to the project. Hey, we were a sequel to WrestleFest. Even at the time, we were the spiritual successor. What's going to tie us to that original game? Well, the boss of the original game will certainly do that. Um, and I, it was a little daunting at first because I grew up watching those guys or, you know, animals, the one who I talked to. Um, so we reached out. Once we got them signed, uh, the biggest uh, or the best move I made was getting a gentleman by the name of Mike Archer involved in the project. Mike used to work uh, for Acclaim Entertainment and worked at WWE for 15 years. So he had a ton of contacts. He knew Dreamer personally. Getting Dreamer involved was pretty easy. But, yeah, for the most part, getting all of our roster involved was pretty straightforward. Uh, we had a couple hiccups here and there, but for the most part, um, you know, it went pretty smoothly. Now, there were a couple guys we wanted to sign and we couldn't either due to licensing issues or they just wanted more than we could afford right now. Um, and we had to pass. Not that I don't think they were worth it. Some of them I didn't think were worth what they were asking. But most of it, most of them I didn't think were egregious. It's just we we could only do so much in our first initial offering. 
Yeah, so I, I've been keeping, I, I've done my due diligence, like watching these roster reveals. And I, I got to say, so I like the, the, the main roster going in, but I really like what you did there towards the end with the rosters where, uh, what was it, the voting or whatever? So you would have like four indie guys and one of them would get picked or whatever? How yeah, did so, y'all think of that? So we were just, you know, brainstorming ideas to, for like social media posts. And I thought of, um, you know, what if we did like some type of tournament? And that's all I said to Mike uh, T, my uh, the guy who helps with marketing. He basically is like, that's a great idea. I got a great idea. And he kind of ran with it and basically put the whole thing together. So I had the seed, but he, man, he planted the seed and really did everything else around it. And, you know, he... He got us narrowed down. We had like over 150 or 160 some uh, people nominated, independent wrestlers nominated for that tournament. And he took basically the ones who got the most, the most votes and narrowed it down to 32 guys. And then we, he just came up with, you know, how we would vote on each round and, and everything. And, you know, I didn't even know, like Chris Bay, who is now in the game, who finished in the top four, and Warhorse won. I hadn't even heard of those guys until we did that tournament. And, you know, Mike was more in tune with the indie scene for sure. Uh, you know, I would watch matches here and there, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't watch a ton of it, but he definitely did. And I'm glad, you know, I was turned on to that stuff because now I do watch a little more uh, independent stuff, you know, backlogs of videos and stuff because there's some really good stuff. And Warhorse just appeared on AEW uh, last week. So um, that was awesome. Yeah. So corner to corner, of course, we, we're do commentary for a fed here in virginia but we we are diehard like indie wrestling fans oh yeah you know we tout it all the time you know to go watch your shows the local shows you know go check these people out but you know for me when you when when y'all come up with that tournament it was like oh this is going to be something different because for guys like chris bay and warhorse that may not be known you know worldwide now they get that opportunity through the game that you know these people may go track down matches on youtube or whatever and become fans yeah hey we're we're, we're taking credit for the retro mania rub on these guys right so <laughs> do it uh, do it chris, chris bay signed an impact <laughs> after yep. he was uh signed to retro mania warhorse uh appeared in aew after he signed with retro mania now those two yeah the other two would be a stretch Matt Cardona and Brian Myers sign with Retromania. Then they get signed by AEW and Impact. So th- now those two obviously would have been signed regardless. But hey, I'll, I'll stick to the, they got the Retromania rub. Jo- Johnny Johnny Retro signs with Retromania, then signs with WWE. Yeah, it's go. no secret. It's it's no coincidence. <laughs> the Colt Cabana. Yeah. AEW now. Yep. Yeah. I'm oh, totally God. okay with you saying that they got there because Retromania put them there, by God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> so is there any chance, uh, you know, for, like, different costumes or uh, Yeah, that's definitely something. Coach? Yeah, so we worked on – we built into the system kind of uh, easily to swap palettes out. So we can definitely change colors and stuff like that. And then we're hoping to add kind of more elaborate stuff. Definitely some different ring entrance stuff, um, and then possibly even complete costume changes in the ring. It's definitely something we want to do. I would say that would be an update 
once we go once we go live. Just the the current world climate has just put us back. Um, so there's some stuff that we may, might have been able to have gotten in before we launched that might just have to be free updates after we launch. I like the the, the price is right. You said free. We'll take free. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, we're gonna have a combination of paid and free content. Mm-hmm. Um, the the free stuff, like we want to add, like you know, if we add more wrestling moves to the characters, additional gameplay modes. Um, that we we already have one very good one in mind that we're gonna add uh, at some point after we launch. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin, and save up to five hundred dollars on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. That kind of stuff, we're just going to do free updates. We want to keep supporting the game. It's great. You know, we're making a game that could have been made 30 years ago, but we're going to take advantage of the last 30 years of technology. So it's great that we can do post update or uh, post launch updates. But with that said, we want to make sure the game is great and fun right out of the gate. So that's why we really want to take our time um, and make sure we get a nice layer of polish on it before we put it out. And folks, if you're just now tuning in, we are live right from PW247radio.com, C2C interviewing Mr. Mike Herman from Retro Mania Wrestling, which is available for pre-order right now on Nintendo's Switch and Steam. Will be available soon for pre-order with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Is that correct? Correct. You got it. So it, it looks, I mean, the, the artwork on this is tremendous. The gameplay it already blows me away. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And the fact that you've got, you know, online play is being rumored, which is something that I saw. That is just super That would be a post-launch. We did start working on it, but it Mm -hmm. was super buggy. Yeah. And uh, we we wanted to make sure we had a great gameplay experience first. Um, And I did some research. There's some other studios have taken this approach where smaller studios where, yeah, you make sure the game's solid first. People get a good experience good uh mm-hmm. first impression and a good first experience and then online is something we'll look at once we launch so just looking through as far as just some of the already confirmed match types and options you got singles tag team six man and eight man um hey quick question of the eight man tag is that elimination style or can it be both elimination or whoever wins it, it can be both nice you can do nice. whichever way you want yep and it can be either tornado version, tornado or normal. Oh, wow. On top of that. Yeah, every match type in versus that's a tag team variation uh, and a three-way and four-way matches. You can do a single winner or you can do elimination or you can do tornado, tornado tag as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it looks like you got a story mode plus a 10 pounds of gold mode. 
Yeah. Can you uh, elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the 10 pounds of gold mode would be your typical kind of fighting game where you fight through the roster. And in ours, you have to basically get your way up to Nick Aldis and defeat him for the NWA World Championship. 10 pounds of gold. Um, and then for the story mode, you actually are going to play as Johnny Retro. And you're going to be Johnny coming off an injury. And we take you through basically a story that was written by a, a legit author. Um, and he, he wrote a really cool story to you to play through. And I won't give it away. It's more like, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. It's not, it's not too elaborate of the story where there, are, but there are multiple paths. There's not just one path. So you do have to make decisions through the story mode. Um, and the first decision you will make is whether or not to join the BWO. So I'll give that, I'll give that, that away a little bit. So that's the first decision you'll have to make. BWO, of course, is the Blue World Order. Stevie Richards, uh, Big Stevie Cool. Uh, Hollywood Nova, and of course the Blue Meanie. Um, God, I got to think of a NWO kind of mimic gimmick name for uh, Johnny Nitro. <laughs> yeah. It. Are there any uh, hidden uh, wrestlers that you have yet to uh, uh, announce that are like hidden in story mode without giving any away? If there are, I won't. I, I don't know if we put them in story mode because the story was written a while. But there will be some stuff sprinkled in the game that will give oh, you cool. hints to uh, who's coming soon for DLC. Oh, nice! nice. That's yeah. cool. Nice. So right now in the game, you got Austin Idol's Universal Wrestling College. You got the high school yep. gym. You've got uh, House of Hardcore Japan, uh, NWA, NWA 70th anniversary, Pro Wrestling Tees Warehouse. That looks really cool, by the way. I really like the way the, the coloring <laughs> is yeah. on that. Um, and then, of course, the Retromania uh, arena there. So... Oh, you forgot a couple. I'm, I well, I'm scrolling through the page here, and I, I appear, you have apparently snuck some in on me. Holy crap! This one I have to get. If this one doesn't make the sale for everybody, they're just doing it wrong. The Stomp in Paradise Retro <laughs> Ring. It's a Hasbro style ring, Brian. It's got to. I oh, can't. Wow. I've got to play this. Just <laughs> here's the thing: Do the ropes break like they did when we were kids? <laughs> No, I don't think we have the ropes breaking, but, uh, you know, I think my lead programmer would, would yell at me if I told him to do that. But uh, <laughs> I guess the game would just kind of glitch up, like, ah, yeah, we're stuck. Yeah, it would. It would. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have a, a Stevie Richards Fitness Arena as well. And That's then a, huge. And then we actually have uh, a couple other ones. Uh, War Horse designed his own arena. Oh, Nice. And it's basically hell is what we're calling it. So it's, <laughs> there's fire, there's skeletons, there's zombies. There's Mr. And Hughes. We got enough, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It, oh, well, there's a guy that. holding an urn. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, and then we have another one that we're working on now that's pretty cool. I, I can't really reveal too much yet, but I think people really, really like We have one more that we, we haven't revealed yet. Wow. And then we hope to add add more even after that. Like I could see us, um, you know, if we're, we're looking at probably like a ninety nine cent download for a new character uh, as we oh, add nice. them. Nice. And then we'll, we'll we'll actually try to throw a, a ring in there as well, like a new venue um, as well in there. Wow, that's a great price point, especially for the younger gamers. I could see moms and dads going, "Yeah, spend a dollar here, you go." Right. That's right. not bad. 
Yeah, I mean, especially this year. So we know AEW might have a game somewhere down the line. You know the WWE is going to uh, Battlegrounds, which right. is more of an arcade. And now... Battle of the Oompa Loopas. <laughs> now you get Retromania. So I think this is like a perfect time for this game to come out because, you know, again, your biggest competition is going to be a game that kind of, you know, look-wise look is not too far off of yours. Um, so hopefully that's going to attract kids, uh, ones that, you know, never played WrestleFest. Right. You know, so hopefully that'll, that'll work out with the 99-cent price for DLC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I and mean, definitely we want to add value. So our, our initial launch price is only twenty four ninety nine if you pre-order, and then it'll go to twenty nine ninety nine at launch. So we're coming in under thirty dollars um, for for the for the launch price as well. Very nice. So it's available for pre-order and for Steam right now. Pre-order for Switch and pre-order for Steam. Um, how are pre-orders going for you? What's the feedback like? Good. I mean, it's better than I thought they'd be. Um, so, you know, and not that I, I have, I basically had a number in my head and we, we beat that number. We're, we're cl- getting close to almost doubling what I, what I was, would have been happy with. And you so, haven't even hit the other two pre-orders yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, Sony and Microsoft's policies are a little different, which wouldn't allow us to. So once we are, once we basically submit the game, the process takes about roughly, I want to say four to six weeks tops is what I've been told. I'm hoping we can get closer to the four week. But once we submit it, um, then we'll be up on pre-order on all the the, the sites that like, you know, Microsoft Store and the eShop and PSN Store and everything else. Well, you've definitely found a way to grab young and old as far as your audience and have people really buy in on a, a simplistic level, which is super smart. Um, you know, you mentioned that uh, you've been working to consistently get talent, whether they were known or on the independents. Has your feedback from WWE put any kind of uh, roadblocks in your way? No, I mean, you know, that we haven't really had to deal with them really at all i mean the only one you know we we uh we had a hiccup with demolition that we couldn't yeah. we, we thought we were going to be able to get them and we couldn't um due, due to kind of dispute of ownership uh mm-hmm. of of their license and it wasn't worth us getting involved with we're too small and we didn't want to take the chance yeah. for the most part though everything's been pretty clear as far as who owns their stuff and who doesn't so we haven't really had any issues with that at all well, very cool. And again, Mike, we, we want to thank you so much for giving us your time. I know you guys are extremely busy, um, and you've, <laughs> you're constantly on all parts of social media, Facebook, Instagram, social, uh, Twitter. It's just uh, you guys stay busy, and so it really means a lot that you would take time for us. Oh, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate you helping me get the word out. It's, it's amazing, you know, how many people still don't know about the game, you know, and it's like, oh, I played Russell. I can't believe I haven't heard of this yet. So it's it's really difficult. Uh, we're doing our best just to get the name out there. So we have somebody to tell when the game actually comes out. We'll have somebody to tell to go buy it. You know what I mean? So having help, you guys having us on, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, hey, any 
Not that you have to, because you don't. You're under no obligation. But if you wanted to, <laughs> if you wanted to put, you know, hey, the corner to corner guys, somebody just slip us in a get a commentary <laughs> desk. You know, we, would we be sitting there cheering? We could do this. I'll right, give you my send, lunch send, money for send, send, me, send me two picks, and we'll see if we can work you into the last arena. Holy crap! That would be sweet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're down with that. I'm, I, yeah, absolutely. I will do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, Mr. Herman, thank you so much for your time. I know we actually just ran slightly over, so I apologize for that. But thank uh, you no again for uh, being so gracious with your time. Folks, that's Mike Herman with Retro Mania Wrestling. Um, this guy has just really set video gaming ablaze with his game. And this is going to be whew, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting ride, and I can't wait to see what happens with it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having yep, me. Thank, thank you. you, sir. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, that was uh, that was Mr. Mike Herman with Retro Mania, RetroSoft Studios. Wow, what a cool yeah, guy! So, yeah, and you know we've been we've been on this, God, I think since the first, uh, you know, one of the first few things popped up on Facebook or Twitter, you know, and now now here it is, almost about to get in their hands. I can't wait. I'm, it's gonna be fun. It's definitely gonna be on my Switch. It'll be on my Switch for sure. Uh, PlayStation, Xbox. I don't know. I guess I'll have to. You gotta go make Xbox. A decision. You gotta go Xbox. Because well, if not, then we're never gonna get that opportunity. That's true. At, at twelve o'clock in the morning. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, what are you doing? Get in let's the ring. Get it on. <laughs> yeah, let's get it on. And hey, you know the the hits just keep on coming and. and I haven't had a chance to really share this with you and Rob, but there's no better time than the present. So on top of us seemingly getting at least an opportunity, and I'll thank him even if he's just humoring us, to potentially slide corner to corner inside an arena, which would be sweet, I can officially confirm that having spoken with Mr. Joseph Edwards from Superjaw Indie Supercard, that Corner to Corner will be making its debut in Indie God. Supercard within uh, the next that. next set. So that's right, baby, moving up in the world. Woo, <laughs> moving up. <Woo-hoo. laughs> so yeah, so I still have, and hopefully on the fifteenth, I'm going to get with you, and uh, we'll we'll get me my set hooked up. Hopefully, I can find me a nice bundle like you and. Uh, well, eventually, hopefully, you know, because it's kind of hard with the whole COVID thing right now. Oh, yeah. Need to hook up with you and, you know, just use one set. So hopefully we'll have two. We'll do a gentleman's agreement type thing. And, you know, we'll have a a, a blind, if you will, match. Ooh, okay. A, we'll, we'll call it a blindfold match. Corner to corners. First official blindfold, blindfold match. match. <laughs> yeah. A gentleman's agreement. Wow. Okay. Gentlemen's agreement. Well, maybe uh, we could maybe, do it officially, maybe, like through Zoom or something, so we could yeah, make sure we got we cameras have on to it. Skype it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, here's a card. Yeah. Well, I'm not lying. <laughs> Show me the hand. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Ah. Um, as I'm as I'm drawing out <laughs> from the bottom, looking at the deck. Tee hee. Oh, that's a good one. Let me take that one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just drew right off the top. It just just magically. Here we go. Boom! I win. It's the instant Damn. I win card. <laughs> um, That's so funny. Now you send them. 
if you don't have one of the three of us, you send them one from uh, Sterling or whatever, because you got a real nice one of me and you. So yeah, you so can't find a three. There's one. There's one with us in our in our UCW gear, um, mm-hmm. at the table in orange, and then there's the one where all three of us were at WrestleFest, and I think that's the one I'll send them. Because cool. that's that's got it's got a lot of blue in it, but if he's just looking at sprites, I think he should be okay for that. It would. I mean, you know what? If anything, I'll give him twenty bucks and say, "Hey, man, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my lunch money, please, please, <laughs> please, please. That's cool, though. That's yeah. cool. Um, All right, so you ready to? We've had our fun. You ready yep. to just dive into this past week? Let's start from the underground. Underground. <laughs> uh, you know, there's not really a lot to talk about from Raw, so we probably could start with the underground and move through it pretty quick. Um, we had two things that happened on Raw that kind of jumped out right off right away. The first thing was the introduction of what is now being called Retribution. We'll talk about that as we go through more of the week. But the other thing that was introduced, which, as cheesy as it seems, and it definitely does seem a little cheesy... I actually kind of thought this could be cool depending on how they do it. And that was Raw Underground. Now, by no stretch of the imagination are we saying that, you know, let's see UFC fights on WWE. I'm not looking for that. And it was a little coincidental that we literally just watched the battle of the tough guys between No Holds Barred for a, a PW 24-7 exclusive. That'll be, I believe we're going to be throwing that up on YouTube here soon. I got to get with uh, Mr. DeVois about that. Um... But, yeah, I, I kind of thought that was kind of neat. I don't know how, how much further, how much more mileage they can get out of it. But it wasn't like an instantly, oh, God, I'm turning it off. So it was something. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think you're right in the, in the how much mileage can we get out of this. Yeah. So I'm okay, I'm okay with the concept, right? Because I, I think they're at that point they need to try new stuff, right? I think if done correctly, it, it, it could be big for them, mm-hmm. right? Big to the point where they might get people to start watching again, right? And drawing back some, some viewers. However, I don't need Shane McMahon. And I don't need dancing girls. Yeah, I didn't need the dancing girls. I can handle Shane being like a hype man, and I, I did like it a lot more once the uh, the hurt business got involved and the MVP was kind of like the mouthpiece. I was okay with that, but the dancing girls, I was like, this is I don't need that. We're not going backwards, please. Yeah, but so Shane just to me reminds me, and this is this is, and this is, I can't believe I'm saying this. Shane reminds me of like some 1980s blood sport movie. Yes. Yes. Where he's the guy. He's Gary Busey of WWE. (laughs) And I'm just like, uh, uh, I mean, that's my first thought. (laughs) His mannerisms, the way he talks on the mic. I mean, everything just kind of reminds me of that guy that was, the announcer in the ring and you know called the blood sports so if it doesn't and, end you know, with a fight where they wrap glass over their knuckles i don't want it yeah, well, <laughs> but, 
I mean, you know, we did lose an eyeball or a fishing, <laughs> a fishing bobber. bobber. It was not too long ago. So, you know, maybe maybe we're maybe we'll go to the uh, glass on the knuckles. Sweet. But, so now, if I if I I didn't catch all of it, so you know, I just caught little bits and pieces. I was curious when I saw it pop up. So it's for the last hour. Is that right? So they they sprinkled it in throughout Raw. Um, the first glimpse was this huge, like mammoth of a man, just just destroying this little guy. And I mean, it was it was really without the cage. It was UFC, is what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Like you said, blood sport. Right. Um, blood sport, yeah. But it definitely had that feel, and and I'm okay with that. I was like, okay, I get it. This is a cool way to introduce new talent. You could even repackage somebody as a badass that used to be something else. Like Dolph Ziggler was in there, and I was like, oh, okay. Let's see Dolph Ziggler really mix it up. I'm okay with that. But, like, the – I want to see a dedicated segment, and maybe that's it every week. I don't know that I need an hour of it. I know that's really picky, but that's just my thought. Yeah, I, I mean – so here's my, here's here's I guess here's my thing on this. And again, so I'm not I, I think it's a clever idea, although ripped directly off from um, somebody else. <laughs> I mean, it's a blatant rip off. I mean, you know, but what is it right nowadays? Right. Um, I, I don't think I will really buy into it, though, until maybe I get a Seth Rollins or a Drew McIntyre or, you know, one of the, a Buddy Murphy. You Ooh, know Buddy saying? Murphy might be good or Aleister Black for that matter. Yeah. I mean, somebody to go in there and let's just beat the tar out of each other. You it know, is. <laughs> it's, it's the new brawl for all. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of people were calling it, a few other things, but, um, Again, I I get that you're trying it, but until you go like, I don't need three hours of it. But until you go full bore, where we get, you know, something happens and Seth Rollins, you know, is up there, you know, maybe he catches Dominic in the right place or something, and it's in oh, in no. this ring, you know, something like that. I I don't know where's where me. One of the fans that have kind of you know watch you from a distance mm-hmm. will be eager to jump right back into it. I mean, it's it's one of those things where done right, you could really do a lot with this. Yes, but I you've, agree. You've got to start quickly editing some things out. Immediately, the first thought is, all right, you got to get rid of the dancing girls. It just doesn't do anything. Yes. It's and it's it's not like you're seeing any talent there that's dancing. It's just dancing girls. All right. Well, if you want that, go right. watch that. That's a rat. <laughs> you know, right. so you get rid of that. You maybe take out the uh, – keep the uh, it, no ropes ring, I think, is smart. Keep the yeah. no ropes. Um, well, again, I, I like the, 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 um, the premise, right, the, mm-hmm. the blood sport. And, and again, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, but even Shane McMahon playing the – uh, part of the 1980s, <laughs> you know, little uh, Mike guy, 
I'm okay with that. But the dancing girls don't fit. There's no need to have them there. Um, we're not, uh, you know, if you go back and think if you're trying to, trying to give it that attitude feel, you went beyond the attitude era. You went to the eighties mm-hmm. and it's a, it's, it's a blood sport feel. So, you know, as cool it was back in the attitude era for every once in a while on national TVs, the world get flashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, this day and age, I don't need to see the dancing girls. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it wasn't, it didn't do anything for me. Like when I first saw the segment, I'm like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. They show the girls. I'm like, um, next like I, yeah. but remember back in the day, I was like that when any of the women wrestled before, because that's all it was was dancing girls in bra and panties, and like yeah, they look great, but you know we're just not there anymore. Well, to me, it's almost like if they didn't try the Nitro Girls and just fail like miserably, yeah, trying to imitate them or something. Right, right. So I mean, that was and and if I mean, look. If you didn't think this during the segments, I don't know what to tell you because I think you failed yourself as a wrestling fan. But if you weren't waiting for Zeus to come out there and try to snap someone's neck, <laughs> Zeus, I'm telling you, it was so, battles so of the tough guys. The guy. They should have had the new guy with a Z. <laughs> the gangster. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I do kind of like uh, MVP who are. I guess just got re-signed to a long-term deal. Hey, congrats to him for that. That's huge. Yep, congrats to him. Uh, You know, it's nice to see that little faction. But again, this is one of the issues is if that is the main faction, I really don't see them having much um, competition, (laughs) if you will, Mm -hmm. you know. As far as the 150 pound dudes that were jumping them in the ring, um, <laughs> you mean the bunch of angry teenagers that were setting fire to things outside? Well, no, not them. But uh, I think uh, even the even the big guy—I don't, I don't remember his name. Oh, you're uh, talking about the competitors? I got you. Yeah, yeah, the competitors. I think one of them looked like he might have been 200 pounds soaking wet, mm-hmm. and you know he's facing, you know, some <laughs> extremely big guys who, again, you don't realize how big they are. If you only see them on TV, you don't realize how big they are unless you, A, see them in person, mm-hmm. or, B, see them in a different federation. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you ever pay attention, like, even even small guys in the WWE can go to, say, Impact, and they're monsters. Right, right, because of the way that some of these promotions put together their rosters. Right, and, and there's no slight. It's just that you know people have to understand there's a true size comparison mm-hmm. for, say, Bobby Lashley just utterly destroying some 200-pound dude that's got no muscles at all. Um, so in, until they work out the kinks, mm-hmm. you know, I wish them the best of luck, but once they work on the kinks, I might, I might, you know, just tune into that just to see what's shaking, um, because it's just something different, you know. But you know, they got kinks to work out for me first. But again, I applaud them for trying. I really do. I mean, at least it wasn't, uh, you know. So let's just insert failed gimmick attempts here, right? So it wasn't a gobbledygooker. Right. It wasn't uh, another yeah. Bobby Lashley yeah. wedding. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was okay with it, and I, I first off, it's about damn time that they even for thirty seconds showed Dolph Ziggler as a badass. Maybe it goes nowhere I, I because they're the, they're known for I didn't this. But see the Ziggler one. Yeah, I didn't see the Ziggler one. Oh, he beat the piss out of somebody. It was actually pretty funny. Did he? Yeah. Um, but it, it. Okay, I've been seeing the same information. I'm sure you've seen this, where the talk has been to have the hurt business, basically the modern day nation, and you know they've been trying or talking about getting the nation of domination back in WWE, which is just in my opinion, stupid, but whatever. I like the fact that they went a different direction and said, we're going to call them the Hurt Business. It's all about three guys just wanting to have their stake their claim, and it avoids the, the stupid implications, the stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be done. But here's the problem I have. Can we just replace Bobby Lashley? Can we just maybe get somebody else? Can we turn our truth bad? And have him? No. I mean, come on. Somebody no. else, please. Anybody? I, I think I think you've been soured for Bobby. So Bobby would be technically just the muscle in mm-hmm. this, this setup, right? So he would be kind of like what Mark Henry was back okay. in the nation. And he's just, he's just the muscle. He's the bruiser, the enforcer the eliminator whatever whatever you want to call them right so hopefully they they move bobby down that path right so that, which would mean that you can maybe have him not talk as much i'm good you with that have him not try i mean don't get me wrong the, the guy's athletic right he, oh yeah he's got sure. a lot of athletic moves in his uh, repertoire but now you can take some of those moves out and just have him ground pound people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and nothing. Cause so one of my, one of my biggest things for a very long time with the WWE and, uh, I guess really with the big show. So I've been a huge big show fan uh, for a very long time. And it always used to drive me nuts where these guys are colossal men, right? They're, they have, they're just built, right? So nobody in there, in, you know, nobody should be able to body slam the giant, right? The big show, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't really have power moves, right? So in, in my in my personal opinion, a guy like that, and same thing with Bobby Lashley. If Bobby Lashley climbs into the ring with uh, Chad Gable, Right, there should be no question that he's going to destroy Gable, um, uh, Carrillo. You know, some of the these real small guys, mm-hmm. he should just literally obliterate them, not to the point that you know it, it's quote unquote a squash match, but he shouldn't lose to these type of guys. I mean, his his move set there should be more power moves into it. From the suplexes to the bombs to clotheslines. I mean, the whole nine yards. You know what I'm saying? Steiner was good for that, right? Mm-hmm. Steiner was a very big guy. But if you look at his moveset, his moveset concentrated around power. Yeah. Right? And he would do the flippy flops and all that stuff, too. He could do it. 
but the majority of the time it was power. And if he was in there against a certain style of wrestler, you never got to see but so many of them. The, the athletic stuff. He would just literally ground and pound. And that's, you know, that's what Bobby Lashley, to me, should be doing. I mean, he's a NCAA collegiate athlete of some renown. And a veteran. Sh- yes, but he should just be out wrestling these guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even go so far as to have him start showboat. You know, have him do a double leg. Uh, takedown, I think it is called an amateur wrestling, mm-hmm. and stand up and, and flex, and just turn your back on these guys, you know. And then when by the time they get back up, he turns back around, he does another amateur wrestling move on him or something, you know. Just it's, I think that would probably work better in his favor. Well, that was what, if you remember, that's what he and Leo Rush had going on, and. Leo really was a help for him on that because he would talk up, and this is what MVP is actually doing really well for Lashley right now as well. But he would talk up Lashley, and then Lashley would just do the subtle one of the maybe not not the subtle, but the you know the bending over for people to kiss his butt and all of that. But that to me was that was probably the best we saw of Bobby Lashley at that point. And then he got tied up in that stu- stupid lot of crap, and it kind of ruined it. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that that ruined Lashley for me. That's a safe statement. Yeah, so uh, MVP, you know, <laughs> convince him to turn him loose, in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Convince him to go more power than finesse. Yes. Convince him to showboat more. I mean, even like Steiner. Steiner would go down to one knee and flex. Oh, yeah. Buff Bagwell would go down to one knee and flex. Well, let Bobby go down to one knee and flex, you know. Let him get down and maybe do a push up or two, and, ah, you know. Yeah, the old push up. up before the other guy gets up and jump you know, it's, Yeah, it's something, you know, <laughs> to show how gifted he is, and but you know, have it quick enough that he can do something, and then grab the guy as he's climbing up off the rope. You know, don't don't, you know. Again, he's a monster. Let him destroy the ones he needs to destroy mm-hmm. and let him have matches against the ones he needs to have matches. You know, it, it's kind of like Rey Mysterio. I think he could have a good match with Ray. you know, Bray being as small as he is and Bobby being as he is. But Ray is a legit legend, right? So Ray should be able to hang with him for a while, mm-hmm. you know. But Ray shouldn't beat him nine times out of ten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it should be kind of split. Just if you're not really keeping track, you don't realize that it's a split, you know, almost a 50-50 type thing. And, you know, I think it works out better for Bobby that way. I I definitely want to see more of what they can do. I think it's good to see Shelton Benjamin with some focus behind him. Um, yeah. And that's a huge benefit to not just – him but to the company because this is a guy that can he can shine on his own but he can teach he can bring up some of your guys that need a little bit of polish oh yeah yeah it's i like seeing him back Mm -hmm. um it's a shame he got injured uh when he first came back but yeah hopefully uh hopefully now he'll be able to get some uh get some ring time in 
So, I mean, outside of that, outside of the underground and uh, the Hurt business, I, I really, there wasn't a lot that I got out of uh, Raw, honestly. Retribution? Well, Retribution doesn't really, I mean, it does, but doesn't. Like, we see these hooded figures, and honestly, I thought they were the ninjas. <laughs> I thought they were Tozawa's ninjas. Um, but they're outside. They they start a fire on, I guess these were storage lockers or something. Um, but it was just a bunch of hooded dudes, and oh, all night long there's problems with oh, the microphones and lighting. And... I think one of them's a female, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because um, you can tell by the boobs. So... We didn't really see much else of that, though. Like, there there was teasing, but it really wasn't much. It wasn't really until Friday, and uh, by the way, NXT still working to get their North American title picture set up, so getting people to qualify for the ladder match. Uh, Dakota Kai becomes the number one contender for the NXT women's title. Um, Keith Lee, and he beats Cameron Grimes. Karrion Cross is still working in this feud with him. I'm okay with that. I'm kind of excited to see that matchup. But realistically so, uh, speaking, that, that was you Wednesday. To, you want me to rain on your NXT parade? Oh, no. Here it comes. It Here comes the bobblehead. It might explain what's going on right now with him. Yeah, hit me with it. Show me what you got. So, not too long ago, the main roster, Mm-hmm. sent down writers to NXT. There were four, I think it was three of them. Right. And just recently they sent down two more writers. One of them that had left the company was writing on the main roster and then came back to NXT. And the fourth or the fifth one was straight from the main roster. So if you can't get your main two programs in check, how do you think they're going to do on a third? I mean, because literally, literally, for me, if I'm a writer, God, I, I got to be experiencing some type of fatigue by now. I I think, honestly, once the layoffs happened with all of that talent in WWE, as a writer, I probably would have turned in my notice. Think about it. I mean, all of the people that you've been writing for, and pushing for because all of these writers they all end up getting different you know projects right you're writing for this part of the show you're writing for this part of the show you've got raw you got smackdown you got nxt all of a sudden 30 at least 30 people are gone and you're like well okay now you've stuck us with the guys we still didn't want to write for before <laughs> and, and and to me as a creative person and you know me i would write for WWE if I was given the opportunity, but I think at that time I'd have been like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go make a podcast. I'm good. <laughs> because, like, why? Like, why would you want to be creative in a time where clearly they just don't recognize creativity? Right. And, th- and this is coming from me, a person that would take the job to work there if offered. You know what I mean? But right now it's clear that creativity is just, boy, it's just short supply over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, a job offer like that, I think probably almost all of us would jump at it. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, to, you know, to pitch the reemergence of Doink the Clown and Dink, you know, yes. whatever. And then, you know, to have, to have Stephanie or Triple H just pointing at the door 
you know, you just pack your stuff and walk right out, you know. But <laughs> I mean, I would imagine, you know, so you're going from one show to the other show to a third show. I would imagine eventually fatigue has to set in because mm-hmm. I don't know how many legitimately how many stories I could come up with. And that's one of the things that WWE does probably worse than anybody is it seems like they are dead set on showcasing everybody. Well, and that's, I think part of that comes from you've spent so much time um, with three hours to your credit that the challenge is no longer there of let's give some attention to X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Now it's just like half the time on Mondays, it's okay. Let's talk about Randy. Let's talk about Drew. And I like Drew McIntyre. I'm in favor of him, but I feel like they're doing him no favors by putting him with Randy. Um, and, and what else? It's uh, You give the Street Profits some time, but it's not for any good reason. I, I like the Street Profits. I want to cheer for these guys, but they get their admittedly funny segments against the Viking Raiders. But come on, man. You, these are talented wrestlers and performers. Sure, you could put him in the ring. I mean, if you look at, dare I say, you know it's coming. Had to happen sooner or later. AEW, right? So AEW has Dark on Tuesday, which is what, an hour? Uh, two hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you may see a trickle of a story, right? But it's good, clean wrestling, right? So go to the main show. Not all the matches all the time have some convoluted story running through it. Sometimes they're just matches. And I would venture to say that if the WWE started looking at that, well, man, can, who, who can I just have Buddy Murphy wrestle this week? Yeah. I don't need to have, I don't need to have some crazy, Alice, let's say Aleister Black. Right, so we're just going to have them wrestle. We're not going into some storyline with them. We're not going to have some crazy weird finish. Maybe you, you know, Seth, Seth's not even there yet or something. You know, so there's no outside interference. It's just a good, clean wrestling match, showcasing these two great talents and what they can do. Maybe sometimes you just got to do it. You you got to put it on there like that. Well, and, and we talked about it roughly, you know, a, a little bit the the last time we were together. Um, hey, we want to see you guys just put on a damn wrestling show. You know, stop yeah. overthinking it. It doesn't have yeah. to be a Hollywood extravaganza. It really doesn't. It's just, no. you know, you, you, you shake up your rosters every year. Okay, cool. Do it. Hell, we like to do that with our own, you know, fantasy booking. But you do this, and then you give us, you know, fishing bobbers and, you know, uh, puking. And, uh, you know, come on. Like, okay, cool. You turn Seth heel. You have him grind Ray's face into the steps. Okay, fine. I get that. You know, like, that makes sense. But now you've got into this, like, we're going to go CGI with the eye for an eye match. No, no, you don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to take Akira Tozawa 
an accomplished cruiserweight and turn him into a freaking ninja. Right. Why? Yeah, just have him, just have him, have him wrestle. I, so here's here's a prime example. So this is what I'm talking about, right? So last week on AEW on Dynamite, mm-hmm. which congrats to them for for itching ever so closer to one million. Oh yeah. Um, I think congrats to to both of the Wednesday Wednesday shows for putting up numbers that rival Monday and Friday. So we are now starting to get that 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 uh, the, that viewership on Wednesday night is starting to to take hold and grow, and that's a good thing for for wrestling. But so here here's here's a problem. So right, so the Dark Order versus FTR, uh, the Bucks, uh, Omega and Page, and am I missing somebody? Wasn't some big. So it was the, it was the Bucks. No, that's it. Yeah, it was the Bucks and FTR and Omega and Page against right. the Dark versus Order. Versus the Dark Order, right? So, so in order to get there, right? There's been a very small storyline. It hasn't been over the top. It hasn't been anything major yet. Mm-hmm. It's a slow burn. But if you watch uh, Being the Elite and uh, I think it pops up on Dark every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And Dynamite, the Dark Order's out there recruiting. Sometimes they run into Paige. Sometimes Paige turns them down, which angers Brody Lee. And that's the premise of a match. Right? Mm-hmm. It's nothing convoluted and simple. Now, flash forward into this big 12-man extravaganza, and one of FTR gets hurt. Right, remember? Yeah, that? I loved that. I, right, I so really loved that. He gets hurt to the point they have to go to the back. Well, who follows him into the back? Adam Page. Right? Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a very slow story. Right. That's that match. That was the biggest thing in that match. If you go back and look at it, the biggest thing in that match was Paige going to the back. They didn't push the story any further that night. You know, ultimately, Kenny Omega is going to ask Paige, what what happened? Where'd you go? Why'd you do it? You're my partner. You're not their partner. So eventually, it, the story will start to play out. Right. But in that, in that big 12-man match, that is a storyline, a very small, you know, storyline, that was it. Page goes to the back with FTR, which then fuels the buyers that he may he may go with FTR to form the new horseman, if you will. Right? That was the big that was the big thing for the storyline. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Right? That well, and they, they kept it simple, and I think this is where Tony Khan and, and apparently creative in AEW is Tony Khan. The last word is Tony Khan. So, first off, this guy's a savant for booking because he's never done it before this company. Like, the man's just, he's right now just blazing a trail. And there are promoters right now in big and little pools that should be watching this guy really carefully. Um, Then, of course, you get the, yes, you're getting input, obviously, from the EVPs. But Tony was smart enough to know that if you give him an EVP title, they're going to be happy. And they're going to earn you money. 
So yeah, you you be an EVP. You're an executive vice president. Congratulations. Leave me alone. I'm booking a show. You know what I mean? Like I can see him doing that. Not that he's a dick. I don't mean it in that sense. But like I could just see him saying, "All right, yeah, 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 yeah. You go do your thing. You're good. Great, great idea. Thanks, Matt. Go ahead, go do that. That's perfect." I can't see him saying, "Somebody needs to write me a script." Right. Script yeah, this I, out and get it back to me in an hour. <laughs> I, I would imagine that you know. There's probably I would there's probably more involved in writing or mm-hmm. coming up with ideas than they let on. I mean, I could see somebody like Colt Cabana maybe get an idea in there too. Sure, you know, just kind of like sitting in the room, you know, and be like, "Oh, hey, hey, what do you think about this?" Yep, that works. Okay, let's let's put that in. But to, again, to me, it, it's reminiscent very much of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. There are storylines. Most of the time, they are very subtle. Most of the time, you have to watch for them. And when they happen, if you're watching, you realize what you're seeing. Oh, yeah. So, again, so once Paige goes to the back with FTR, Mm -hmm. your mind should have clicked. Okay, so the story is now we're, we're turning a page in the book. We're reading the next page. You know what I'm saying? Of mm-hmm. this story. You know? So, we'll, we'll get the ending of the match, but the, the, the page turner, the reason you flip the page is because Adam Page goes to the back with FTR. Yeah, and it's, you know, we're talking about the simplicity of the storyline, and realistically speaking, if you don't watch Being the Elite, first off, I think that's a bad move, but if you don't watch Being the Elite, you can pick up with the storyline where AEW's laid out because it's simple. It's simple. I mean, yes, could you put some of the pieces together a little quicker? Okay, sure. I'll give you that. But you don't have to. Seth Rollins goes on um, a podcast just recently and says, wrestling fans don't have the patience for long-form storytelling. Seth Rollins is in WWE at the top of the food chain. You know, it's just a matter of time before he gets the belt back, in my opinion, because that's just how much they have faith in him. But he's the wrong person to say this statement. He's he's towing the company line. Which, oh my God, is a dangerous position. While Wednesday night is truly revolutionizing this business, Impact is taking positive steps revolutionize this business I haven't seen much on ROH lately so I won't get I won't go there but impact mm-hmm. with guys like the North and the the new talent they've brought in their push they're starting to make a push why because that company line that Seth Rollins is touting is 100 percent absolutely wrong right because if you go back and you look at this, right, some of the stories in AEW have been going on for a long time. Yeah. I mean, Paige and Omega has been going on for almost a year. Right. And and the numbers are rising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not dropping like Monday night. They are on the rise why because the wwe programmed their fans to have a short attention span 
right? But as I've stated unequivocally, the fans Ooh, that watch Wednesday, yes, the fans that watch on Wednesday night are not your typical bobbleheads. Yes, is there crossover? Sure, but the ones Wednesday night can tell you about Warhorse. They can tell you about Cobb. They can tell you about the local indie fed in their area because they will walk across the street, pay that 20 bucks to sit at the bingo hall and watch the show. Hey, speaking of Warhorse, and I didn't want to take time away from uh, from Mr. Herman, but uh, so we actually watched Warhorse perform and didn't know it was Warhorse. Did you know this? No. Where was this? He was the part Charlotte? of the Viking War Party. Get out of here, was he? Yes. So there's a great, great, like, 15-minute um, bio of him on YouTube. So it's free. Look it up. And he talks about how he started. And he said, I, was, I started off in the Viking War Party, and as it turns out, and this one also depressed me a little bit, Two of the guys actually retired, so I was kind of left out there and had to figure something else out. So, wow. mind blown twice. I'm like, holy crap, we saw him perform before he was Warhorse. Holy crap. And it's actually very depressing to hear that the Viking War Party part of him retired. That really sucks, actually. Yes, because... Damn it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to say that was one of the craziest right? matches that I have ever got to witness live during that trios tournament. And it was just absolutely like a wreck. Now, when I say wreck, I mean wreck in a good way. Right, right, right. But it was just absolutely the wildest thing because we had floor seats. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure there were seats in front of us and seats behind us and seats to the side of us that were not there after this match. Oh, hell no. They were everywhere, but not in front of us. Yes. They were were backing the crowd up. They were, you know, going through tables, which, oh, by the way, we, of course, later find out that none of those spots were cleared. (laughs) You know, breaking a table that was definitely not gimmicked. Um, I mean, just all sorts of craziness, but this was the the good feeling, the good vibe you get from stepping outside of the the microcosm that is WWE, because even talent admits that it's like living in a bubble. You know, yeah, you're you're on the road, you're doing this at breakneck speed, and then one day you find that that bubble has burst, and you're on the outside, and it's like holy crap. Look at Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona really didn't change much of what he does in the ring, at least not yet, When with what we saw on All Elite last, uh, this past Wednesday. But I'd say having more eyes on him, and let me just go ahead and go on record by saying I'm one of the guys that says don't overload with former WWE talent. However, I'm also usually one of the first, that, and you can ask Brian because I usually say it, wouldn't it be cool if insert release talent went there? And he's usually the one that says no, but at the same time, it's also like, well, yeah, that might be cool. Look at Matt Cardona. It's a great example. Yeah, but so the thing about Matt, mm-hmm. right? 
so he's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And here's what got me into math, right? So some time ago, he I think he was gone for a while. He came up with that belt. Mm, the Internet um, Championship. Yes, so there it is, right? And you actually, with that title, right, he starts to do more in, with the Internet, right, that I remember before then, mm-hmm. right? So not only do you start to see this guy really has a personality, but you start to see this guy can really wrestle. And for whatever reason, hook or by, you know, whatever, I don't think the WWE took full advantage of him. When right. he won, what was it, the IC title? Mm-hmm. When he won that IC title, you should have set him down a path to have a feud, whether it's short or long, Seth. It, it's totally up to you guys because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't think past a week, right? Because that's what's coming up with Samoa Joe, apparently, a week, two weeks. Uh, okay, whatever. But anyway, you should have sent him down a path to the world title. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you could have sent him down. Who is it? The Miz? Isn't it the Miz? Yeah. He was partners with? No, oh, partners have, with uh, Kurt Hawkins. No, 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 no. Before, before Kurt. Wasn't he with one of, uh, like, the Miz or something at one time? Mm, no, he was with Edge at one time. Way back God, when. I thought he was with... Uh, somebody but anyway you could have sent him down a path with somebody like the Miz right somebody that it wouldn't have been a far stretch to believe he could win this thing mm-hmm. right somebody that would be easy to build right because the Miz is a very charismatic guy and you put two charismatic guys together hopefully it works out in your favor but you could have sent them down a collision course I don't necessarily mean it has to be a Wrestlemania main event but when he won because nobody would have seen it coming you would have had one of those moments that you could have really seen what you had in that guy and you let him go and this is where a guy like Cardona I don't mind coming to AEW Mm -hmm. you know do I want uh, Heath Slater uh, maybe, maybe not. Right? Can he perform? Sure. Is he going to fit in with what you got? Mm, maybe. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, I think that's Rusev. ultimately where it comes down oh, to. Yeah, Rusev. I, I think Rusev would be a good fit because you can take Rusev if he stops playing video games and comes out of retirement. <laughs> you know, uh, hey, don't get me wrong. I've, I've watched him a few times. You know, he'll be, he'll be okay with video games, but <laughs> I, I'd much rather see the Bulgarian brute come out there in a sneak attack and and uh, hey, I don't know if I could say coke on the air, but I did um, anyway. But a sneak attack, you know, I think certain ones fit in. Mm-hmm. Conti is another one, right? She was kind of a given. Um, granted, it was a surprise to see her right, show but up that, uh, through the tournament, but she was kind of a given that she could fit in there. 
Right, but that, see, that's what I'm saying. I, I, to me, I'm looking for certain talent. I don't need every talent. Oh, sure. I just need certain ones. Yeah. And that's where I don't like the the discussions of, um, you know, hey, should they sign this guy? This guy got released. Should we sign him? Hey, you know, I don't, I don't like those. Um, you know, I, I just prefer looking at certain talent in my mind. I think a lot of it comes down to would they fit, but also if it's right now, like we're just sitting here and we're booking next week, could we fit this person in right now? You know what I mean? Because like if you can't really, if you can't really see, oh, he'd be perfect in this, this, and this, then you know it's going to take more work and then you should really put more time into thinking about if it is it worthwhile. Well, I, because I why mess with the formula? Yeah, I think AEW is smart in that regard, mm-hmm. right? So FTR worked there for basically a handshake yeah, for a couple of weeks. And then eventually they're like, nope, we're gonna, let's get them under contract, right? So they get them under contract. So basically I think that's just like a feeling out period. How do they work in their roster? How are they in the back? Mm-hmm. You know? Can they truly go? Because AEW, I think, is a little bit different style than the WWE. You know, am I going to get everything I pay for with these guys? I think they saw that in FTR. They gave him a contract. I don't know Conte's uh, status, but Cardona, I think, is under the same thing. He's there for a few weeks. He's hoping to get a long-term deal, and we'll see if they give him one. I think he gets one, but I think Again, he's going to have to put in a few weeks, make sure, you know, everything works right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think that's a good policy, um, you know, well, to, to to do the handshake. Hey, if this works out, this is what I got planned for you. And we'll sign, you know, we'll sign a longer deal then. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that a lot of it comes down to there is this inner circle pardon the pun, there is an inner circle of guys that are like, yes, no, yeah, let's take that guy, no, don't take that guy. And it's not because they're, at least we have no reason to believe anyway right now, it's not because they're malicious, I just think it's, do we think we can work with this guy? Okay, cool. Yeah, let's call him. Or do we have a relationship? Or do we, you know what I mean? Now it kind of harkens back to that back in the day feel of, it's who you know. Which is fine, as long as you're delivering, and then you know, if you can stick to this policy is really the test. If you can stick to this policy when times are tough, because they will get tough at some point. It doesn't mean that you're like failing. It just, you're going to see a tough time. If you can stick to this policy then and keep moving forward, which is what they're doing really well right now, then you've got money. And I just, I can agree with you to the point where, Hey, you don't want to screw up your formula. Because it's working. Right. You're growing your base. You don't have to grow by hundreds of thousands every month. It can be right. 50,000 here, 50,000 there. Right. But if you do it, do it smart and protect your protect your team. Right. And, and again, here's here's another. We're talking story. Mm-hmm. And again, Seth, watch, follow the bouncing ball here, right? Ooh. So do you not think it's not a coincidence that Cardona and Cody are, are like right now a tag team. How long do you think that's going to last? Right? Is Cody going to turn on him? 
Cardona going to turn on him? You know it's coming, but it's not an overt, like, cram down your throat thing. What? You know, Cardona in, in the interviews, I want the TNT championship. I'd like to have that. I'd like to have the world title, mm-hmm. you know? So that right there starts, um, gets the ball rolling in a very subtle way. Well, not to mention the fact that, and frankly, I, I was surprised when I read this uh, these comments from the interview. I'm like, you know, let's not forget there, Seth, that uh, people weren't vested in your storyline because it was boring. Not because we weren't, you know, able to follow a long-term, because we can follow a long-term. We followed the long-term dis- disillusion of the Shield. We followed when you and Triple H were feuding. That was long. So and we followed you bit. and Ray to now you and your son to now yeah. you your son so, and Samoa Joe. So we, we can follow. Yeah, we just know what we don't like is really the what? key. And we don't have to like it. Right. Uh, to me, it's when they insult your intelligence. Yes. Right. So basically, he's calling hit the fans. Like, stupid. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. So that, to me, that's where... Uh, you know, I, I hate the, the machine that is mm-hmm. the WWE. Don't, don't tout, don't tell me how good you are. Show me how good you are. And you haven't shown me how good you are in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think anyway, that's, so, yeah, I was going to say, I think that says it enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the machine right now. Let's do some more AEW because uh, AEW has got a few things. I think uh, we can get a little conversation out of. Oh yeah the uh, the deadly draw tournament. Um, yeah. First off, Brandy and uh, um, Allie. Jesus, I always forgot her name. <laughs> Brandy and Allie, <laughs> the Nightmare Sisters. I'm okay with this pairing. I'm fine with that. Um, however, Ariana Andrews and Nyla Rose. Yeah, not so much. Um, well, I guess it was a, a name that they kind of drew out of a hat. I don't know. No, it was like a little poker chip. So, well, I just mean like when they said, hey, who do we pull oh. in for this tournament? Oh, let's try her. She's available. Um, let's say no. Let's just not do Well, that. yeah. But you got to remember, so for the ones that don't have a, like a true tag partner, mm-hmm. the, you, you then just do kind of have to throw them together. Um, cause you know, the thing about Nyla, so they do portray Nyla as, uh, a monster. Mm-hmm. So you were really wouldn't, if you weren't planning on her winning the tournament, you really wouldn't want to put her with, you know, um, somebody, um, Penelope Ford or, you know, something like that, that where it would be kind of ridiculous if they don't win. It would have been cool to me if her partner would have been Vicky and Vicky just stays on the outside. Nyla squashes two people and then walks out like, screw this. I'm too good for you. Hey, how about Vicky Uh, signing a contract? Good for her. You know, that is pretty cool. Um, Apparently there was a lot of negative feedback and I'll never understand this. I know there's loyalty and all that crap, but you know, Vicky Guerrero, you haven't used her in the other program for, God, Brian, how long has it been since she was Quite on television? Uh, what was it when they were doing all the former 
GMs. Oh. Smackdown, Smackdown one or something. Oh, GM Smackdown 1000. Yeah. So yeah. not since Smackdown 1000, which was a few years back. So your Legends contract doesn't really pay you a crap ton of money. Although with Vicky, maybe it did. But once she's free, she's free. And if you don't resign her, that's just the way the business works. That's just right. life. You know, the whole right. concept of grudges and egos floors me when it comes to that because it's like, dude, you could have re-signed her. <laughs> you could have locked her down, but you didn't. And so yep. it's good that she's on TV. I'm happy because, frankly, she's actually a good manager. She does oh, the yeah. right job, and she'll do well for Nyla. I really believe that. And, and she'll aggravate the piss out of you, which is what you want out of a manager. Exactly, because Nyla shouldn't talk. Look, not Correct. that she's not charismatic, because Nyla is definitely charismatic. But she doesn't. She shouldn't talk. She really shouldn't. And that's just more along the lines of how she should be portrayed, not necessarily to say that she's unintelligent. Right. Uh, and then uh, uh, Shawl, am I saying that right? Uh, mm. Guerrero made her uh, announce and debut. You know, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Was that recently? Uh, uh, not uh, yeah for the tournament. Not announcing, but uh, ring announcer. Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah. Damn, I didn't know that was her. That's cool. Yeah. So she made her debut. Uh, I don't know contract wise, you know. Uh, and then of course, uh, pretty local talent in Beta Scott. Yeah, that was actually really cool to see her. And actually, she did really really well on play by play, really well. Um, I was really impressed by the immediate chemistry she and Tony Schiavone had. Um, they played really well off each other. Tony Schiavone, God, is there anything that guy can't call? No, I. I mean, wow. He's one of these minds. He just he 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 has it, you know. Because even even if you look at the stuff with like Britt Baker, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> He hardly misses. I mean, at first, he was maybe a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Not now. You can't even tell now. Well, and that's, he hasn't lost a step. That's the coolest part. Like, with with um, Tony and Britt, it was, the comedy was, like, on point. The timing was really good. Remember, she's doing the interview in the middle of the ring where she makes fun of him for being a barista. And he's just like, what the f- and it's just, he mouths it perfectly. He's looking dead at the camera. I mean, it was just, it was comedy gold. And, I mean, the guy, out up until 2000, what was it when we saw him in Charlotte? 16? So, Probably. He, he'd been out, out of the spotlight, out of wrestling, uh, for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he comes back and magic. Magic. Pretty damn cool. Yep. So anyway, we also saw the um, debut of uh, is it Taya Conte? Uh, they call they Taya. just they stuck to just calling her Tay Tay Conte, which um, yeah. another perfect example of immensely talented woman and just never utilized properly. Gets on AEW right. with Anna J, which Anna J's in the Dark Order, uh, I guess. But yeah. great pairing with Tay Conti, and I could really, really see them, and they have the women for it, apparently. I could really see AEW trying a women's tag title. 
Oh, isn't that what this is? No, this is just for a, a, um, a trophy. Oh, a trophy. That's yeah. a trophy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so... I saw the I saw this because I, I I wasn't aware that she was going to make her debut that night. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I especially with AEW, I try not to run into spoilers, um, and I've done a very good job. So because I like to be surprised, I don't and, seek uh, out AEW spoilers. I could probably find I? them, but I don't seek them out. Yeah, yeah, I do. I yeah, it, it's you know, it's not like in the years past I'd go to Lords of Pain. Yep. Uh, which show should I watch tonight? Uh, yeah, oh, there's a spoilers for Raw. Eh, there's a spoilers for Nitro. Eh, let's watch Raw. Right. You know, um, but I I think I think they could have something here. Um, they could have, you know, dare dare I say it, uh, the Mean Girls <laughs> type tag. Oh, easily, yes. That just literally drives you bananas. Um, you know, so I, I I don't know how you get Anna J out of the dark order. I don't know how you you know maybe get Conte into the dark. I don't I don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. But I think in the long run, I think that that's a good tag team. I think and with they're successful too in their debut match. I mean, with this tournament, you're getting a chance that you can literally tell every detractor of the women's division. Screw you! We had a plan. Like it's, and I, and I get the people that complain about AEW's women's roster because yes, there are times where you're like, well, what are they doing here? But nine times out of ten, you get to see Sheeta, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, Nyla Rose, and before the pandemic, Rio, um, regularly. So you had core talent, and then you had people like Ariel Monroe, Big Swole and others that they were sliding into slots. So, yes, there's some episodes of Dynamite where you just don't see the women, if at all. I get it. You want to see them more. Fine. But you have a pretty good-sized roster for a two-hour program. And even though Cody squashed it on Twitter, Cody's the one that started the rumor about three hours, by the way, for Dynamite. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, it, you know, since Eric was there, you know, yeah. why not steal his line? Controversy <laughs> creates cash. You know? So, Cody does an interview with uh, famed interviewer Chris Van Villay. Um Great interview, by the way. And this was actually before Dynamite debuted. Where he says, and all of a sudden it just catches fire in the past few weeks. But he basically says, yeah, three hours is on the table. We're not sure. But most likely it's just going to be two. Yeah, so, but don't don't forget there's another show of some yes. capacity still in the works. Right. But of course, somewhere in this whole conversation, Cody is on Twitter and also says there's nothing final yet, but we are considering a third hour. He literally tweets this. And then nodq.com, one of our happy partners, and we thank them for their news support. Um <laughs> post this quote where Cody says, I never said that. <laughs> Damn it. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so let's go to the, I think the, probably the next big one, is the chair shot heard around oh. the world. Yeah, this one was, uh, damn. This was an ugly shot. Um, yes. 
I wasn't bought in necessarily on Sammy versus Matt. I was like, eh, I could do without it. I like Matt Hardy a lot. I'm kind of on the fence about Sammy. Sometimes he's great, sometimes not so much. And it's, I'm not going to lie, this whole hashtag speaking out thing kind of got into my head a little bit. But he comes back. Everybody's basically said, hey, he's done what he's supposed to do. All right, give the guy a shot, right? So they have him come out. They do this segment where Sammy sneak attacks him. They go outside the ring, and Sammy is, of course, in Mach 7 mode. <laughs> and throws this chair, slings it behind him, just fireballs it. And, of course, Matt's laid out on a table, supposed to be. This chair mangles his face, just mass, bow, right on the head. And at first, it hits him. You see him get his hands up, and you're like, hmm, okay, maybe he blocked it. They show the replay. Okay, he didn't block it. So then you see just blood everywhere. Everywhere. And then Sammy does that spot where he does, I, I called it a senton earlier, dives off the stage, puts Matt through a table, and as he impacts with Matt, blood flies up into the air. In all actuality, as gross as the shot was, it was a pretty cool camera shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's all over Sammy. Oh, yeah, yeah, all over the people in the front row. <laughs> Which, if uh, if I'm being honest, I would have puked right there at ringside. <laughs> I'd like, oh, You'd have passed out. Maybe. I all that blood. You are. That would have passed you out. <laughs> you might be right. All that damn blood that quick. Yeah, I might have been out. I might have been done. Yeah, Dunsky. <laughs> we got to grub down. <laughs> that would have been funny. You'd have been on national TV. I got a program fan in you. You passed out. <laughs> Stan, come back. Come back from the light. <laughs> But it was that much yeah, so, blood. But damn. Yes. So I thought about this yesterday or earlier today. It was probably yesterday. And uh, so there are a few moments in pro wrestling that have stuck with me forever. So I got Flair and Snook in a cage that turned into an absolute bloodbath in Richmond. Probably late 70s, early 80s. I got the Rock and Roll Express with Ricky Morton just getting destroyed by the horseman in the locker room. Getting his face squished. Sid, yep. Sid Vicious uh, breaking his leg. Ricky Morton getting the knee across the nose. John Cena's nose being broke. Um, there's probably one or two I'm missing. And now Sammy Guevara slinging a chair <laughs> and obliterating poor Matt, Matt Hardy. By the way, uh, Rebby Sky, Rebby Hardy, tweets out almost immediately calling somebody an effing dumbass. I'm assuming she was saying it to Sammy. I'm hoping. What? Because if she's saying it to yes. Matt, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe to both. But so, <laughs> uh, from what I understand, and this has been pointed out, that was the wrong chair to have picked up to begin with. Um the chairs they want to use were more the brown chairs, not the big, heavy silver chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, maybe he just gets over anxious, doesn't think, grabs the wrong one, slings it. I mean, nobody's saying that that chair shouldn't have been slung, but I think if it's one of the brown ones, it probably flattens out a little bit more. So you take it more for, on the seat, you know, 
the, mm-hmm. the front as opposed to a, a lawn dart um, with all the weight moving that way. Um, but what's really cool is, well, let me take it back. I think what they should have done with Matt Hardy's interview is is played up this, this uh, gash to the point where he was flopping in and out of uh, personas a little bit. Oh, um, wow. That would have been actually kind of cool. But we have a very surreal Matt Hardy basically telling Sammy when he gets his hands on him, he's going to murder him. Um, which, you know, is going to give us probably some type of uh, gimmick match in the future with them two. Um, which could be very interesting because now you have like a legit like uh, reason. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we can, we're just going to go beat the tar out of each other. And oh, by the way, here's your receipt. Never thought I would say this, but Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara could be AEW's first official blood feud. Yeah, yeah. And again, there's part of me that thinks with all the blood that AEW does that somewhere down the line, they're not going to go that route with, say, like a hardcore title or something. I mean, I hope not, honestly. I don't want to see a hardcore title. I feel like I feel like this could be something that that opens the door for it, but I kind of hope they don't because I just feel like that's kind of cliche now. It's like hardcore well, just kind of sucks. Yeah, but it's it's only cliche when it's a hardcore title and nobody bleeds. That's what also I'm- true. <laughs> also <laughs> true. I can't argue with that. I'm hopeful that with what happens here between Sammy and Matt, that first off, I am. Looking forward to that receipt. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping it's widely televised because, I mean, Matt's just laying there and he's probably thinking, okay, so he's going to run. He's going for something. He's going to throw the smack. Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, because that chair, they, they, there's no logic behind just sprinting and throwing a chair at the same time. You can't time yeah. that. <laughs> well, I just well, again, don't see Matt, that. Matt even talks about it. I'm pretty sure in this interview that I was telling you about, he even talks about it. Like he was there, he was laying on the table in slow motion. You know, he sees this thing coming, and long about the time he recognizes that, oh wait, this is not right. Mm-hmm. He goes to put his hands up, you know, and he doesn't. He's not able to to stop that chair. Which, thankfully, didn't hit him in the bridge of the nose. That could have probably been disastrous, but... Um, He's lucky it didn't hit him in the eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a... Because you see it in full, full motion. Um, that was a straight, like, legit, like, fastball mm-hmm. of some probably 10-pound, 15-pound chair. So... That was it. Was I'm, I'm, I'll never forget. I'm telling you, I'll be 90 years old. We'll be discussing wrestling with my great great grandkids, and but yeah, I remember the time Matt Hardy got his head destroyed by Sammy Guevara, <laughs> which then led to the Great Blood Feud of 2021. <laughs> this one time at wrestling. So <laughs> <laughs> and then the biggest show for me, and I, I hate to like hijack this thing, but. I see we're getting close to running out of time, but 
for me, the biggest takeaway from this week, and it's something that a lot of people may not have paid attention to, but you should pay attention to, because it even had management involved in this on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter. FTR has basically come out and said they love to wrestle the North. Oh, yeah. Cross promotion. That, could it happen? Yes. Well, if you think about it, there is some rumblings about Cody and Aldis again. So why not let's do, and AEW is, is, is wacky enough to do this, let's do the big cross-promotion pay-per-view that we have been talking about, mm-hmm. you know, for a very long time. And this would be a great way to get the NWA in a national spotlight. Um, be a great way for AEW to solidify themselves would be a great way for impact to get back in into the 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 what's the word I'm looking for into um the water cooler talk mm-hmm. um god who who wouldn't want to see the north versus ftr i mean frankly the concept of seeing like impact and aew like impact versus aew in a supercard i'm cool with that Impact, NWA, AEW. Let's mix them all up. That's fine with me. Because, yeah. f- frankly, we're not going to see it with WWE right now. Not now. We just, I, don't just, think you, I don't know if you'll ever see it. Uh, that's the, the problem. I don't think you'll ever see a super card. Because yeah. they didn't really get too much into it in the 80s. That's true. That's true. Uh, Vince Sr. did it, but that was it. Yeah, we're... Uh, AEW, not AEW, but uh, yeah, no, AWA. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawler's Memphis, uh, I think Texas, they were all involved in these things. They did them multiple years. Um, you know, you'd have champions versus champions. Um, you know, it, it was a treat. I really wish I could get my hands on those videos. Mm-hmm. Um, to have um hopefully somebody today will say hey let's do one let's figure this out and let's do one hopefully this will be a first step in getting that to happen well you figure um you know the nwa hasn't been active since since all of this happened um and you know i guess i could understand that because you got to protect got to protect what you can plus i'm sure he had a lot of talent there that was like yeah no (laughs) <laughs> and I don't blame them. But at this point, you know, as things get more and more opened up, NWA, Impact, AEW, I mean, you could do it, hell, you could do it as a, you know, a pay-per-view. And I think it would it would make big dollars. I, I can't see how it wouldn't. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. You've already had Cody and Aldis at um... – which one was it? All Out? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've already had that. So you know NWA is willing to play ball. So I would be like, all right, let's let's uh, ink this bad boy in there. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go sit down with Scott. 
from what I what I read, Scott seems to say that Impact's willing, but y'all are signed somewhere else. So if I'm Cody or Omega or the Bucks, I'm going to Tony. Say, hey, how do we make this happen? It'll be the coolest thing to happen, you know, in the in the wrestling industry in a very long time. And there's, I, I, there's a lot of room for it too. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm sure it would play out better in front of a large audience, mm-hmm. live audience. But I still think it would be something you could build up for. If I know we're opening the arenas in November, I think I could start in September, build it up for a few months, and bam, here it is. We're having a two-night extravaganza impact, you know, AEW. At the end of the first night, well, here comes Nick and a few NWA guys. Oh, no, you're not. You're not having this without me. You know, here's the 10 pounds of gold. We're getting involved in this. You know, I challenge so-and-so to a match in the main event for next week. Mm-hmm. Bam, now we got three of them in there. And I'm telling you, I will lay money. You'll get a million plus if you gave it away like that. In pay-per-view buys? Oh, pay-per-view buys? Uh, 60 bucks. I bet you it'll be your hottest selling pay-per-view you've had. Hmm. I feel like it would pull a lot of eyes. I feel like it would be um, something that could really maximize minutes for a lot of talent. I mean, look at where... This is where we got Ricky Starks. This is where we got, you know, a lot of this talent. Cage. um, And that's just to name a few. This would be beneficial for a lot of people. So, hell yeah. Like, put something together. You couldn't... Couldn't you imagine, like, Eddie Edwards against Moxley? Mm -hmm. I'd want to see that. I'm cool with that. And, And, you know, everybody will know going in right, that chances are you're not going to see a clear finish, because it did I don't, I don't, maybe it did happen back in the 80s, I don't really remember, but you know nobody's going to let their champ, right, right you know, get beat by them, so there's going to be some wild, wacky, crazy finish, especially if oh, guess what, both titles are on the line mm-hmm. or one title's on the line, you know if it's one of these where no titles, they're just going in there to wrestle. Sure, you're going to get a, you'll probably get a finish. But if it's you know title for title, it's going to end crazy. It'll 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 be something that you'll be like you can build on. Well, hey, we'll see you next year. We'll do this again next year. Let's see what happens. You know, because uh, what was the AWA one? Um, Super Clash. Yeah, maybe it's Super Clash. You had, I think, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a fourth. I think it was only three, though. You know what I'm saying? So you gave fans something to look forward to next year. Well, I think in this in this era that we're in right now, there's a lot of room for companies to just start start dropping off of this stupid we're not going to work with them anymore and just say you know what yeah we are we're going to do this 
you know, we'll put this show together. We'll make more money than all of you combined because screw you guys, we can. Right. It could definitely happen. Well, Brian, we've got, um, boy, there's been a lot to talk about this week. We had a cool conversation with Mr. Mike Herman from Retro Soft Studios, Retro Mania Wrestling coming out later this year. Pre-orders still available for Switch and for Steam for the PC. PlayStation and Xbox will become available. Uh, my understanding is it's it's going to be another month or two before that actually happens. But Somewhere down the line. Yep. Head to RetromaniaWrestling.com to check it out and place your pre-order today. So special thank you to Mr. Herman for coming on the show. Rest in peace, Kamala. News that just broke before we came on the air today. So, uh, outside of that, I mean, we got a lot of things cool that are building up. We talked about the official announcement. C2C is part of Indy Supercard. Very excited to see where that comes up. We should have some preview shots of that card within the next week or so. Um, so, that's pretty cool. I've already, unbeknownst to my colleagues, already sent the logo photo over there for our card, so uh, I'm excited. I like surprises like this. And Brian, ha ha, ha ha! <laughs> I didn't tell you first. I almost did, though. I almost just told you to get you off my ass. <laughs> it's a, it's alright. I, I would have gone for like a, uh, a little bundle of joy. That was, that was where I was heading. But... Yeah, I knew you were, you little punk. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, next week, same bat time, same bat station. Thank everybody for tuning in to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio right here at C2CRadioShow.com and PW247Radio.com. We will see you next time. Brian can be caught on social media at STRCP21. I had Rob Hefner C2C for Rob, myself at Stan Grubb all over social media, and then, of course, C2C Radio Show for everything at C2C Radio Show. We'll catch you next week. Have a great night, everybody. And thanks again to the wonderful folks over at Retro Mania. Deuces. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.